Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 all right everybody welcome into a friday night edition of the six rings and football things podcast here on weei and for odyssey sports i am mike cadlick joined by my friend, my good friend, uh, Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit. Uh, he was actually on our last episode. It was <laughs> it was myself and Fitzy, and uh, Brian actually stole the show, if you saw it on Twitter, holding up a sign that said, uh, talk about Chad Ryland. Uh, we'll probably get to a lot of that today. Uh, the Patriots, oh, we will. We yeah, will. We, yeah the, uh, the Patriots just finished up their annual in-stadium practice uh, on the game field at Gillette Stadium. Uh, despite it being a, you know, relative walkthrough, non-competitive session, uh, we had plenty of news uh, surrounding it. The Patriots unveiled their new video board, uh, state-of-the-art, the biggest one, I believe if I'm wording this correctly, the largest video board in stadium outdoors in the United States of America. There's a few stipulations on it. I don't know if you can call it the world. I don't know if you can call it the biggest video. It's, it is the biggest board in a stadium in the United States outside. So we'll call it that. Pretty cool. Me and Brian were on the field for it. Uh, we then headed upstairs, started taking attendance, and then Adam Schefter hit us with a Shefty bomb and told us that the Patriots have agreed to a restructured contract with Matthew Judon. Uh, Judon, if I can find the wording correctly, uh, will sign a restructured contract that adjusts his original $2 million guaranteed in 2023 all the way up to $14 million, and will also allow him to earn up to $18 million total. So uh, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, pay attention to the Patriots, what's gone on. Uh, Judon successfully, and we'll, we'll get to our five takeaways, and this is one of mine, but I'll, I'll spoil it early. Uh, Judon successfully staged a hold-in. Uh, he said that it was sort of a ramp-up, but clearly he was holding in, so uh, he get he gets his money. Brian, I'll ask for your uh, quick reaction on the Judon contract and uh, what you make of it. Yeah, I mean, he obviously deserved it, right? For one sure, for sure. edge rushers, pass rushers in football since he signed his deal. I think before this adjustment, obviously, he was like 20th in right. terms of edge rushers and average salary. So he obviously deserved it. And Schefter added to that that he'll rejoin his teammates for full practice. So it did look like that hold in. So good to get that done. Good to get Judon back on the field here and you know get that ball rolling. Yep, for sure. Yeah, we talked about it here, me and Andy, and it was basically the same sentiment. He deserved it. Um, whether it was, again, whether it was a raise, whether it was just adjusting base salary to guarantees or whatever you want to call it. He gets more money up front. The guy gets his wish. Again, he outperformed uh, that contract that he signed uh, two years ago. So 
Uh, Judon got his money. That hit us. And then uh, quickly, me and Brian, what we're going to do here, you'll, you'll see it in the title of the show. We're going to quickly run through what was a walkthrough speed practice. Uh, and then we're just going to go broad. Uh, five takeaways from each of us from Patriots training camp so far as they enter an off day on Saturday and then hit a uh, game week on Sunday because their first preseason game is this coming Thursday against the Texans. So, uh, Brian, I know you've been all over the specialists. Uh, those guys, Chad Ryland, Nick Folk, Bryce Barringer, and Corliss Waitman, they were all the first ones on the field, uh, as you'll read in my notebook at weei.com. But what did you see from the specialists tonight that uh, any potentially made you go ooh and ah, or maybe not? Well, ooh and ah, Bryce Barringer. Yeah. The big one. Yep. As he's been on these backfields we're overlooking right now, just booming the ball all over the place. Yep. Easy to see how he leaves Michigan State as that all-time Big Ten leader in yards per attempt. Several, the guy's got a freaking boot. A, it's a boot. I don't – there's not many times in the press box you get that type of reaction from, yeah, from right. a punter, but he's doing it. And, again, several five-plus second hang times tonight. One was about 65 yards. Yeah, I think, yeah. Mario Douglas, props to him for catching it, but he had to run probably 10, 15 yards backwards over the shoulder catch. He, he's ridiculous. He and really is. It's insane. It's, it's breathtaking yeah. out here to watch him go. Yep. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that. Again, all, all those rookies, the whole, the entire rookie class, and I was uh, you know, keeping up with our, our other Patriots media friends, and I saw Andrew Callahan, Phil Perry, on uh, on Andrew's podcast, just t- they ran through the whole rookie class today, and just I mean every one of them from the specialist to uh, Demario Douglas, who's obviously taken taken camp by storm. Even Kayshawn Booty uh, has had a couple good days outside of practice, and then today put up a hat trick from Trace McSorley to end practice. Three touchdowns again, half speed. They're not really competing. Uh, no room for a guy like uh, John Jones to get beat out here. <laughs> um, little Twitter beef from him yesterday. You can check that out on Twitter. Um, but uh, other quick special teams notes i'll just say that uh Kayshawn booty like we said he he saw some run uh returning kicks tonight as well i thought that was an interesting wrinkle where they might have him uh and then diego fago uh the free agent linebacker that they signed uh he was on the ravens last year went to navy belichick special uh saw some time long snapping uh behind joe cardona tucker addington so uh a couple like i said just quick quick special teams wrinkles um as far as the offensive defense go it was a, and I've said it three or four times now, but a you know pseudo walkthrough, just going through game uh, routines, operations. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, on the field, off the field, situational football. Uh, but Trent Brown and Cole Strange once again did not practice, but they both showed up and watched. Ty Montgomery was absent. Uh, he was not spotted. Uh, and good news on the injury front, after leaving practice Wednesday and Thursday, Tyquan Thornton was a full participant in a half-speed practice, but still good to see that he was out there the whole time. Um, another quick note, O'Brien's offense, I thought just, it just continues to look refreshing. Like it's not just plays jumbled together. It's, you know, calculated. You're starting to see his offense, um, you know, his type of, you know, the matchup driven stuff, the uh, the run action, like all, all these things that he's he's sort of known for come to fruition. So uh, that's exciting. It was nice. I said this to you. It was nice not to have to watch the sideline all practice to see who's calling plays. In. Exactly. It was Bill O'Brien's show as it's been and as it should be all summer. So that that was nice to see. Yep. Uh, and then defensively, Jonathan Jones was a non-participant. Uh, he was out in street clothes watching. Uh, and then Jack Jones, who we'll get to actually right now, uh, saw a little bit of run um, opposite Christian Gonzalez. So uh, 
Jack Jones spoke to the media for the first time since his arrest in June following practice. Uh, he was asked about four or five questions. I'll quickly just give you the gist of it. Uh, you can also, again, I transcribed the whole thing in my day nine training camp notebook at WEEI.com. Uh, but a few questions he was asked, just uh, his state of mind with, uh, you know, going about his business on a daily basis. He said that, you know, when he's out there, it's just football, man. He comes out to play ball, give it his all, do what he's supposed to for the team. Asked about his arrest. He said he can't answer that question. That is uh, a question for his lawyer. As far as optimism about being a part of the team in 2023, he said, that's not my call. That's up to coach. I just do what I'm supposed to do on the field. Give it my all every day. Hope it falls in the right place. He also answered a question about yesterday's practice. Uh, a rough quote here, just said it was nothing bad. Uh, today's today, yesterday was yesterday, and he's moving forward. And then as far as being worried about his future in the NFL, basically gave a, you know, a, a broad stroke answer that every day you're worried about your future. The league is very liquid. You could be here today, gone tomorrow. And that the best availability is uh, best ability is availability, which I found uh, telling for someone in his situation. So, uh, what did you make of Jack's comments? Pretty cookie cutter, but uh, again, the first time we heard him since since June. Yeah, about what you expected. And we talked to assistant coaches today, yep. Mike Pellegrino, Gerard Mayo. We asked them about yesterday's instant, instance when he just kind of walked off and then walked back on, and they were kind of in the same boat, not really revealing much information as we kind of expected, but. About what you expected to hear from Jack Jones today, and, and I don't know. We'll yeah. say he, it's just a question mark. We really don't know what's going to happen with him, and if they're going to have to move on without him here exactly. as we get to the regular season. And that's why I think his you know, the end of his quote was so interesting, just that you, you got to be available. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's really a question mark for him. So uh, that was the end. That was the end of practice today. It sort of feels now like the end of, you know, quote-unquote training camp because, you know, like I said, they are going into a game week next week. So uh, with, you know, it, it having a soft close today in the stadium, what me and Brian are going to do is we are going to uh, finish this pod, this quick pod, quick hitter up with our top five takeaways that we've seen in training camp so far. Uh, I have mine ordered sort of five through one, uh, but it's a little, a little bit mismatchy with uh, some new news coming out today. Uh, but Brian, I'll have you go first. What is your, uh, your fifth overall takeaway over the last two weeks that we've seen down here in Foxborough? I'll start off with the offensive tackle position because yep. I think this kind of plays into your fifth takeaway here. We haven't seen Trent Brown really at all, not with the pads come on. And Calvin Anderson, non-football illness list, doesn't seem like he's factoring into the equation anytime soon. Yep. When we asked Bill about him the other day. And that's that's was the iffy thing coming into camp, and they haven't done anything to really make me feel better about it so far. Cole Strange, too, he yeah. went down. We still haven't seen Michael Winu, so the depth is being tested. You're kind of getting a worst-case scenario here right out of the gate. Hasn't all been perfect, but you hope when these Trent Brown, Cole Strange, Michael Winu comes back, that top-end talent will be better, but we just got to see it. So until we see it, it it's still going to be a question mark. We'll see that right tackle position, Connor McDermott, Riley Reef. what kind of happens there, but... That, that's still the biggest question mark on this roster, I think. And through a week of camp here, they, ha they haven't made me feel too much better about it so far. Yeah, I'm with you uh, as far as, you know, offensive tackle, offensive line in general. There's been so much, you know, shuffle. Mike Onwen, who's still on the pup list. So that's, you know, something to keep an eye on. And about my fifth takeaway, and again, I'll, I'll tie it in to the offensive line, was Matthew Judon successfully stages that hold-in that uh, everyone sort of presumed it was. He spoke uh, last week and this week and basically said that, uh, it was a ramp up and that he loves it here. 
Uh, but, the, you know, every report that came out basically said that it was, in fact, a, a hold in. He was, you know, trying to use his leverage to make some money and he successfully did it. So my my next question is, is Trent Brown next? And is that what Trent Brown is doing? Uh, you know, going to the conditioning field and not being out here and not being in pads and street clothes? Or is he hurt? And are the Patriots just going to be an Andy Hart special, a house of cards uh, going into the season? So, um, again, if, if Trent's hurt, if on one who's hurt, if, uh, you know, they go into this thing with Cole Strange banged up, like it, it quickly, again, they built out that depth a little bit more from last season because that was, you know, their their demise really was their offensive line depth. But it's quickly going away already again this year. So uh, no bueno. But hopefully, again, it is it is a holdout with Trent and they sort of get it going because it, as unreliable as he can be, when he's on, he's on and they're going to need that going this year. This yeah, year. So they need one of those tackle positions to be solid right. at least and then they, maybe they can patch together 17 games of fine on the other side i would say the one silver lining of all this is antonio Moffi. yeah kind of he's been playing really good when the pads came on he took over for bill murray at that right guard spot with Onwenu out so that kind of opens the door if that right tackle position really falls apart and maybe the patriots don't plan on bringing back mike on in free agency could they bump him out to tackle slide mafia in the right guard and then you're kind of rolling with that best five that they always talk about so there's one silver lining early about that offensive line missing some of the top end talent maybe you can figure out a way to where mafia kind of separates right. himself as a top interior backup or maybe pushes on window out to right guard if riley reef and connor mcdermott kind of fade off here yeah i'm with you you know keep leaning on that rookie class that you've had to do here over the last couple of years uh so let's go snake draft order okay. so i will go next okay. With my fourth overall takeaway, and that is uh, Mike Kosicki has kind Quiet. of, yeah, he's kind of been a ghost. Uh, someone who, you know, the Patriots ran red zone. Uh, the first few practices, he did nothing. A guy who is 6'5", pseudo receiver. I, I keep using pseudo now all of a sudden. I don't know why I use That's it. The word it's, it's, yeah, it, it finds its way into, into all my articles all of a sudden. So, uh, but no, he's, you know, that de facto pseudo, whatever you want to call it, wide receiver, not really a blocking tight end, but supposed to come in here and be a red zone threat and he you know hasn't really done anything he was involved um bill o'brien has been taking you know the the starting group wide receivers and you know running over mesh routes and pick routes at the goal line all of a sudden gesicki started leaving that group and look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that they're gonna cut or move on from mike gesicki because they paid him money but it is sort of you know strange and telling that he's all of a sudden just kind of not with that group and hasn't been doing anything so it's it's Maybe not worrisome yet, but it's it's something to watch if, if they're going to be able to integrate Gasicki or if he's just going to, you know, have another one of those years he did in Miami last year where, you know, he just doesn't perform. So something to keep an eye on with Mike Gasicki. That's my number four takeaway. Yeah. He had that big spring, right? And then yeah. he kind of expected, I mean, a guy with that size, that kind of athletic ability, which impressed me watching him out here. I didn't think he was kind of that smooth as right. a receiver. But you say if they're going to open in red zone with no pads – I think I should walk away. Mike Kosicki is dominating the yep. field. If you remember last year, they opened like the first two days. It was Devontae Parker is yep. dominating. Yep. That same type of thing. And, and yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot of Gasicki when the pads have come on and really this summer at all. So that'll be something to watch really in joint practices. I feel that would, that'll be a good. Yeah, good for sure. There. See but what they can do with a competition. If you want to talk about a pass catcher who, who has popped off. Here, Brian's number four. Here we go. go. Demario Douglas, he's yeah. been awesome. And I know Troy Brown threw some cold water on that fire today. Yeah, he did. That was BS. Which, Come on. I mean, I expected that. Yeah, for right? sure. Like, they don't, they don't Bring like him the, back to earth a little bit. They don't like to hype up their rookies. But you knew looking at this 
receiving tight end room. You mentioned Gesicki. You mentioned yep. Hunter Henry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker. Big bodies, not a lot of speed, possession-type receivers. Coming into the year, we said we need one guy who can bring speed to the field, and a lot of us looked at Tyquan Thornton, right? right? Because right. 50th overall pick, obviously a burner, but he hasn't been able to stay on the field, first of all. And then you have this shifty 5'8 Pop Douglas come out, and they, they can't touch him, the defense. They literally there was can't a touch one-on-one him. tackle drill the other day, which is rare, by the way, in, in training camp early on. Especially in the 2023 NFL. Yeah, um, but they couldn't – don't even worry about getting him to the ground. The defense couldn't barely get <laughs> yeah, a they had finger no hands on, on him. And, and they worked with him in the Shrine Bowl. They obviously like him. And you just look at these Bill O'Brien Patriot offenses – they always have that jitterbug type guy in the slot, and they don't have another guy who has that type of start stop ability like Pop Douglas. He had a whip route down on the goal line, and then just absolutely sent one of the I think it was Isaiah Bolden, one of those late round corners, just yeah. ducked right under him. He's been awesome, and and you just look. That's a guy who O'Brien. I feel like O'Brien can't just not have him on the field with what he's shown. Now it is early, as Troy Brown said. Bill always says it's a marathon, not a sprint, but. You wanted to see it when the pads came on. He's still impressed when the pads came on. He even threw a few nice blocks the other right, day in right. one of the drills. So he's been awesome, and it's tough not to see him right now actually having a role in this offense. That's my thing with him is just like you said, Trey Nixon had been a, a pre, pre-training camp darling. Uh, Tyquan Thornton last year too, the first few days, OTAs, what have you. It, and then all of a sudden those guys sort of faded off when the pads came on. Last year, or, Trey Nixon has always been sort of a, a ghost when the pads come on. Last year – Thornton has a good start to camp. First game of, you know, NFL contact, he gets hurt. So, like, th- those guys, that's what you wonder with these guys. But, you know, Douglas comes in, you're right, you know, popping uh, popping blocks. Uh, <laughs> shot Exactly, yeah, Max Guy, uh, Jacksonville's finest. But, no, so it comes out here again, impresses in pads, can't touch him, throwing blocks, so exciting to see. So, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the deal with Demario Douglas. So, what do you have now for uh, your number three? Take a look. Kind of the same thing, but – Rookies will go defensive side of the ball because they're getting a lot of impact from a lot of those guys. Obviously, the big three, Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, Marte Mapu, all involved. I mean, once the pads came on, you really got to see Keon White, as we kind of expected, right? 6'5", 290 down in the trenches. That speed to power is legit. I think he had at least three pressures in... The days are getting jumbled together. The last practice. Yeah, the, seriously, what the hell the, are we doing? <laughs> the last practice on the backfields. He had at least three pressures. Marte Mapu is just everywhere. It's he's everywhere. He's still in the red non-contact jersey, but they're using him everywhere. And the fact that they're doing that this early looks like he's going to have a big role out of the gate if he's healthy. And then Christian Gonzalez is just awesome. Yep. I know he's got beat a few times, but you know you're going to have rookie moments. And the the big thing I liked was physicality that was the concern 100% coming out of college I didn't think it was a concern but some people (laughs) thought it was a concern why he dropped the number 17 but he lit up Riley Webb the other day and Mm -hmm. it looked like he would have lit up Juju on another play so the fact that they're getting that from all these guys early on and then even some of the later guys who we can talk to in a bit with Isaiah Bolden Amir Speed maybe making a little surge here early on but 
the defensive rookie class and really the whole rookie class have been really impressive to start. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, again, with the whole Gonzalez thing, and I, I sort of I tweeted about it and threw it in my notebook just as a little uh, a little note aside, whatever you want to call it, that he has started to get beat, but he's also not getting like you know toasted off the line and beat for a 60 yard touchdown. He's just you know allowing a few more passes, not many pass breakups, but he's always there in position to make a tackle, which that's kind of what you want if you're not gonna you know. Don't let a 60-yard go. Allow five yards or four or five yards all day, what have you. But my number three is uh, back to Jack Jones, and the Patriots kind of need him. I feel like I feel like at least they feel like they need him because he wouldn't have stuck around this long if they didn't. You know, with him leaving practice and you know some some cryptic tweets after you know as soon as he leaves practice. Like again, this is getting into the sort of you know the back end drama that some people like, some people hate. I uh, I try and stay on top of it, but he wouldn't be here still if they didn't feel like they needed him at cornerback. And Christian Gonzalez is slotted in on that boundary corner, but they're rotating on the other side with John Jones, Marcus Jones. Again, going into the rookies, Isaiah Bolden was getting some run there yesterday. So they don't, you know, they're sort of just patchworking the other side together. And if they don't, when Jack Jones is out there on the practice field, he kicks ass. He plays good ball. He's he's a ball hawk. He said it. When I'm out here playing football, it's all football. If you can get that kind of attitude from him all the time, they need him at the corner because, you know, there's sort of a drop off once he's gone, and uh, it's uh, John Jones again. He's fine there, but he's better as a slot corner. That's just sort of sort of my take on it. So I feel like they uh, they need him, and I feel like they think they need him too because, in my opinion, he would be he would have been cut bait right now. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it feels like their best three cornerback wise would be Gonzalez, Jack Jones, and John Jones in the right. slot. So you would like him out there. That Gonzalez and John Jones really aren't ball hawkers and Jack Jones is I mean throughout the spring he was one of their best players if not the best player throughout the spring really really good ball skills so yeah they need him but I mean if a guy like Isaiah Bolden who's making a surge here really nice pass breakup in place of Jack Jones on Devontae Parker in a two-minute drill the other day down the sideline he's an interesting guy really good size speed athleticism but I mean can you rely on a six-round rookie not a lot of experience at corner. So you'd prefer to go in this year with Jack Jones, but again, he's a big question mark at this point. From the mouth of Jack Jones himself, the best avail- the best ability is availability, and uh, that is the big question mark right now. All right, let's uh, wrap it up. Two and one. I'm going to go with my second biggest takeaway, and you're going to love this one. I'm kind of stealing it from you. But uh, not only the rookies, but the rookie specialists. Uh, those guys are in line to start immediately here. Uh, Chad Ryland, the kicker. And Bryce Beringer, Beringer, not exactly sure how to say it, but uh, he's out here booming the ball. Uh, when last season they had trouble all over the special teams unit, punting, kicking, what have you. Nick Folk's been great. He's been, you know, in line. It's been Vinnis Harry Gustowski, and they sort of had a lull there. And then Folk came in and you know took charge and was able to level things off. But uh, it seems like his time is up. They're giving Chad Ryland the the first team reps every single time here. His holder is Bryce Beringer. Uh, I noted to Brian when we were sitting in the press box today that they split those two guys up. I think he shed a tear, uh, Brian did. And then all of a sudden, you know, once once they got into it, they paired them right back they together. They can't keep them apart. Can't, can't keep, keep those guys apart. apart. Yep, Behringer, uh, Behringer put uh, a, the same color jersey as Ryland on, and they went out there and uh, kicked you-know-what. So uh, I don't want to call it shaky from Ryland, but he's he's back. He's fourth a little bit, but he's got a, he's got the bigger leg. Uh, he'll find that consistency, and uh, I think I, well, I was texting you know Brian earlier today. Just they, those guys are so 
you know, so young and naive is not a right word because it's, that has like a negative connotation, but they're just kind of here playing football. Doesn't seem like the pressure's going to get to them. They love where they are. So uh, that's my second takeaway is that, you know, from having, having struggling, having struggled on special teams last year, uh, you have two rookies that are probably going to come in immediately and uh, sort of level things off for you. I mean, that was my first takeaway, but I guess yeah. I'll get to it now. Yeah, you, yeah but... you can talk about it. We'll go Brian's number one here, and then we'll go number two. And, then we'll and, our, and my guys right there, you heard me talk about it last episode, but they yeah, they are awesome. And, and we talked about Behringer in the opening, booming the ball over. Ryland missed one off the upright tonight, but the thing that stood out to me was warm-ups. We were watching warm-ups tonight yeah. together. He was hitting from 61. He concluded his warm-up both sides of the stadium at 61 yards with plenty of distance, plenty of yep. leg. He, he's got a boot, while Nick Folk, he concluded at 53, and he came up well short. So in New England, in this inclement weather, I just can't roster a guy with a 53-yard max. Now, where things maybe could get interesting is if Ryland isn't consistent, do they roster two kickers and right. have yep. a distance and a kickoff guy and then Nick Folk for because he's steady Eddie right down the fairway every time from like 40 in. So that would be the only thing maybe that could keep Nick Folk around here. I don't know if he'd be willing to sit on the practice squad for that. But, yeah, the, the rookies have, have been awesome, and I expect unless things completely fall apart in the preseason for them to be the duo there on the week one roster. Yeah. Kicking against, uh, like you said, to kicking against uh, some other, other opponents at joint practices uh, could help uh, tell, you know, what the fate is of the specialist room too. So uh, that was your number one. So give us your number two and then I'll give my one and we'll wrap this guy up. My number two was Mac is having fun. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is having fun. He said yesterday, that was one of his goals in the offseason because obviously last year wasn't fun for anybody. So it's good just to see him refreshed. And after things were maybe a little stale there offensively when they were starting with that basic install stuff, you're starting to see this Bill O'Brien offense take life. You're starting to see success. They obviously had an awesome day Wednesday. Their best practice since the Mac Jones Giants practice yep. in 2021. So it's good you're starting to see these results. And then as Max said, when you see these results, you start to have fun. And they are having fun on the practice field, which is a big thing. And another thing with O'Brien and Mac is that stood out to me is O'Brien's given them his powers back at the line of scrimmage. And we we heard Max say this a lot last year. He wants to know the why, right? Yep. He wants to know the why. He wants if he has questions, he wants to know the answer. Why are we doing things? And they didn't have that last year. They, there was no why at all. There were no why. And he said yesterday, Billy O's got the why. And you see that there was a touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster where he lined up, didn't like it, signaling at the line of scrimmage, flashing to Juju, flashing to Kevin Harris, looking out to Bourne, snaps the ball wide open, Juju Smith-Schuster in the end zone. So, we know Mac isn't Josh Allen. He's not Jalen Hurts. He doesn't have a rocket arm. He's not running around, but his brain is one of his best weapons. So to give him that power back at the line of scrimmage is a good thing. You saw Josh McDaniels do it, encouraged it his rookie year. So the fact that he has that, uh, that's big for me early on here. Yeah, I'm with you. And that sort of ties into my uh, my number one takeaway of training camp so far. And it's that Bill O'Brien, his presence, his offense, um, it resonates. He's here. It is his side of the football. Uh Building off what Brian said, Mac Jones is having fun. He understands what's going on in the system. The guys are bought in. Um, 
I did a quick hit on EEI the other day with uh, Jones and Mego, and Mego asked about Bill O'Brien in the teapot, and if you know, there's a ton of f bombs out here, and there really hasn't been, right? Like he, a he's not just some guy who's gonna fly off for no reason. When he mf's a guy, it's for a reason. They're not in line, etc. But he hasn't really had to do that because it seems like the entire offense is bought in. And O'Brien said that today uh, when he spoke with us uh, at around noontime today, just that, you know, it's a hardworking group. They ask questions, you know, they're, they're on their P's and Q's and they know what they're doing. So um, him being in the building has clearly, uh, you know, had these guys buy in. They are, um, they're, they're all on board. They're disciplined. They want to play well. They want to improve off last season. And uh, especially today, again, I, I said it earlier, but my takeaway just from the in-stadium practice was, the offense looks crisp, it looks smooth, and, you know, Mac knows what he's doing. Audibling in and out of plays, using his brain as a superpower. Um, it kind of feels like O'Brien and Mac are, are a perfect match. And you you just spoke to it, you know, guys like Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah, maybe O'Brien's better match was a guy like Deshaun Watson, who has the athletic ability and can extend and, you know, when the play breaks up, but what what have you. But, you know, O'Brien, the matchup-heavy system um, – the way he can find mismatches and you know there, there's a bunch of number twos here don't get me wrong but when you have a bunch of number twos and you can find your best mismatch then you can start to cook we've seen it these last few days they're disciplined they're on their p's and q's and this offense is ready to roll and it's because of none other than bill o'brien well that is going to do it here for us on the six rings of football things podcast brian thank you so much for joining me thank I, you for having me we appreciate it um we will be back uh patriots again are off on saturday back on sunday 1 p.m practice uh, gates open around 11 30 12 o'clock if y'all patriots fans uh, are coming to cheer them on uh, so we'll have another six rings here with a practice recap on sunday until then make sure you rate review and subscribe uh, follow myself on twitter at mike cadlick at jumbo heart andy and fitzy gfy nick fitzy stevens and uh, we'll have you covered with everything patriots as well on weei.com moving forward so uh, until sunday thanks for listening and we will talk to y'all soon Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.